Welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Steve. I'm Erica. And I'm Sarah. Well, friends, we are in a new series uh, that started last week where we are talking um, about children's media and how we use children's media in the church. So we're looking at books and videos, curriculums, all different types of children's resources. Last week, we talked about um, a a Lutheran um, writer and author. Um, So this week, Sarah, who are we going to and what are we going to be looking at? So I have two things to talk to you about today. Uh, But the first one is a book. And this is a book that I recommend to families going through grief that include young children. But um, in actuality, I think anybody going through grief could benefit from this book. Uh, This book is called Tear Soup, A Recipe for Healing After Loss. Um, And it's by uh, Pat Schweibert and Chuck Clean. I don't know how to pronounce anybody's name. I am sorry, people. And it's illustrated by Taylor Bills. But it is just this really, really great book that talks about grief and how it's so different for everybody, um, for everybody, that you might be experiencing the same grief, the same loss as somebody else. Like you might be both grieving the same person who's died, for example. But yet, how you process that grief and how you travel through that grief is going to look different. Um, That you have to make your own tear soup and you have to eat that tear soup for as long as it takes. And the other person that's also experiencing the grief over the same person, their tear soup is going to taste completely different and they are going to have to eat that tear soup for a different amount of time. And you can't help them eat it. And you can't help them process the grief. Um, and that's okay. It, that, that this grief is so different for everybody. And some days it's going to be different than other days. Some days you're going to have to put more salt in it. Some days you're going to have to call somebody over who's going to bring their own tear soup. And you're going to eat your tear soup together. And your friend who's eating the tear soup with you, she may really like to tell you how you should be making tear soup. But that's not how you make your tear soup. Your tear soup is so individualized because it's yours. It's no one else's. Um, and, And this book is just such an amazing resource that in the back, it, 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 talks about especially if you're talking to a child um that this is what it is if you are the cook you know that this is your grief but you may be reading this book because your friend is the cook who has a tear soup and this is what to keep in mind if it's if you're a friend and not the soup maker and you know, if you're a child and you're going through this and you're a cook, this is what you as the adult might be needing to think about. And there's even a section in the back if, if you are a male chef 
to keep in mind that, especially in our society, um, men aren't really taught or encouraged to have emotions, especially emotions like grief, that, you know, this book wants to address that too, that if you are a man and you are grieving, that's okay. Your tear soup is yours. So yeah, it's a, it's a great resource. I recommend it to anybody who has children in the family who are experiencing grief, but I think it's also important even if you are an adult, it's, it's an amazing book. It is kind of long though. Like, I don't think I would want to read this to a three-year-old or a four-year-old because about halfway through, they're going to get bored and walk away. But um, yeah, it's a really, really good book. There's probably, uh, I mean, the, the, the metaphor, the central metaphor just seems so perfect in that it, it's a great way of talking about grief and the individuality of it. But even that level of abstract thinking uh, is something that really, really young kids have a hard time understanding. Oh, this isn't really about soup. You know, like I, I, I think that is a really important um, piece for, for talking about how we use any children's media is the awareness that the author has and how they match their subject with what age they're talking about that older kids can process abstract thinking like metaphors, like grieving is like soup making and younger kids don't get that. And if you have an author who knows they're writing actually for children and can keep it concrete, if it's for you know, that younger age, and then authors who understand this is for older kids or adults, I can use that kind of figurative language. It, to me, it seems like bad attempts at children's literature are heavy-handed on metaphor and assume kids will understand when they don't. And then the adults all think this is great because they can think abstractly. And the kids go like, I don't get this. This doesn't seem like it makes sense at all. Yeah. I love that it covers so many different types of grief and people who do grieve. You know, it's not just talking about your grief, but like a friend who is grieving. And, and especially, Sarah, like you mentioned, you know, the, the male chef. You know, because men and, and especially, I think, even more so boys are encouraged, you know, buck it up, you know, stop crying. You're not allowed to do that kind of stuff. And we need to be teaching boys that emotion is okay. Emotion is good for you um, so that they can grow up to be men who can then express their emotions properly and well. Mm-hmm. It, it feels to me in a little, in, in a way, a little bit like... Um, the 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 truths in a book like this are things that I hope uh, certain generations uh, have grown up on with voices like in, in in my childhood experience like I can picture episodes of Mister Rogers Neighborhood that were sort of you know along these same kind of lines, and that uh, for for people who came of age you know with, with him or with other people later these are maybe not as shocking or radical an idea to put in a children's book as, you know, 50 years ago, this would have been, Oh my goodness, I can't believe someone said this, you know, no, we, we, we don't want boys to be able to say they're sad or whatever. Um, but to me, it feels like there's times when, when you are engaging with somebody who really is wrestling with, with grief and you can't say, well, let's go take 20 minutes and go find online a video of a Mr. Rogers episode. Um, but like to have a resource like this handy allows you, you know, like, okay, let's have this, the short version of this rather than having to wade through a 25 minute episode TV show that also involves talking puppets. Like this, this, this gets it without having to have the, the hit or missness of a TV show. 
I just had to go and look up when this uh, book was copyrighted. It was copyrighted in 1999. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, it still definitely feels like uh, in re- recent enough that, that um, hopefully there are other voices in somebody's world resonating or echoing with a perspective of a book like this, that it's not going to be the one place somebody hears this message and just treated like an outlier, but nope, the other voices hopefully can be reinforcing. Yeah. How did you first come across this book? Can I ask? Um, in my first call, uh, we had a little boy who was put on hospice care. And I asked colleagues uh, for recommendations for books and resources for his younger siblings. Hmm. Um, so this was the book that was recommended to me. Um, I don't think I actually ever gave them a copy, though, because it was um, the, the the siblings were too young yeah. for for this book yeah. um they were still preschool and toddler age so i didn't actually ever use this book for them but you know i kept it on my shelf for for down the line and it has yeah. come in handy yeah i'm sure i'm sure and i guess i would applaud your wisdom as a pastoral leader in that circumstance knowing after you experienced the book and read it to go okay this is going to be over the heads of you know, three and four year olds. So it's a helpful metaphor for me, but I'm not going to, you know, try and make young kids sit through this both for length and because the abstractness of it, they, they just won't get. Mm-hmm. I can remember not, not that long ago. And I almost embarrassingly recently, um, I had written this lesson for uh, our kids Sunday school uh, at the one church. And it was the, the day that the Bible readings were talking about Jesus teaching on divorce. So like, you know, super easy for kids to talk about anyway. Right. Um, but like, I think I ended up like trying to use like this metaphor of we're not supposed to throw people away. You can't treat people like they're disposable. And in my mind it was, okay, I get what that means. But um, the feedback from the actual kids and the families was like, they thought you were actually suggesting that someone would want to throw someone in a trash can. And no, that, that, that didn't resonate with anything because, because that nobody would do that. So that you're, you know, this lesson wasn't helpful there. Um, And there, as I look back, it was me trying to, trying to be accessible to young kids in a way that was still too much over their head because the, 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 the metaphor didn't work for them. And it, it sounds like you really had the, the wisdom and the insight to know, Fine metaphor, but not good for this age group if, if they're real, real young kids. So that, that's helpful. Yep, I would definitely put this, this book to upper elementary and up. Yeah. But my second resource that I wanted to talk about today is a video series um, called Buck Denver, What's in the Bible? And this is created by Phil Vish, Vish, Vishner. Oh, uh, Phil Vischer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Who created VeggieTales. Yeah. So he created this after he left VeggieTales um, because he wanted to kind of explore more um, about teaching kids about the Bible. And I think at that point, VeggieTales was kind of moving away from that. And Mm -hmm. so he left VeggieTales to create this new resource. Uh, it is a little bit more curriculum than Veggie Tales, okay. if that that makes sense. It's not a curriculum, but you could definitely use it to enhance your own curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, so I have the DVD set, and it is uh, thirteen volumes, and each DVD has two to three. 25 minute episodes 
And so it starts with, um, you know, volume one, I think is my favorite DVD because it has what is the Bible and who wrote the Bible. Mm -hmm. And these two episodes covers what is canon, Mm -hmm. as in like, what is like, it, that's not a weapon that pirate ships have, right. but rather it is um, what is included in the Bible. Um, what is genre and what types of genre are in the Bible? What is structure? What is the purpose of the Bible? Um, so that's all DVD one. And then DVD two starts with like an episode on Genesis and then an episode on Exodus and um it kind of just kind of continues through the entire Bible Mm -hmm. talking about the different books of the Bible and characters in the Bible all all the way through like volume 13 has the revelation Mm. episode. And so it is very educational, but in a very entertaining way. Um, Cause they're, you know, it's Phil Vishner. There's a whole host of, characters who are here to help you learn about the bible and they are all puppets and so there is a pastor puppet there is a sunday school lady puppet and that is her name is sunday school lady and she has a magical felt board and there are these two guys in a balloon um off they're often in a balloon they're oh because the main character is buck denver and he hosts the news like and so everybody else are like either the expert people who he's bringing in or the two guys in the balloon who are like on location um and there's songs and it's really funny like i don't get bored watching it and i'm an adult um that being said we we bought it as my oldest son's first christmas present from mom and dad like we bought the whole set with the idea of like this is going to be your christmas present and then again we watched it and we went "Mm, i'm not sure he's going to be ready for this for several years because it's like we have since borrowed certain episodes from our home library and taken them to church to show for confirmation students like it fits well with that confirmation age (laughs) so um not too helpful for our one-year-old son, but is very useful for us as a clergy couple who often teach confirmation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it covers a lot of information in a very entertaining and easy to understand way. Can I ask, um, anytime you get uh, any author or, or writer or editor trying to tackle those kind of big questions uh, like where does the Bible come from or what's in the Bible, things like that. There are going to be some things that are pretty you know, broad that, that people of any Christian tradition would go, yeah, okay, that's a good way of saying it. And there's going to be some times where you can get a particular slant or angle or and sometimes a little more heavy handed than others. Um, uh, and sometimes an author will like own that. And so like, well, here's the tradition I come from. This is how I would say it. And other times folks come from, tra- from traditions where uh, they just assume everybody must think like them. And so they don't think they have any bias. But like, how, 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 does, how, how does Phil Vischer present these things? And how, do, how does that come through or not come through? What, 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 what's your experience of that? 
I really like how he does it. Um, for one thing, Phil Vishner is one of the characters on the show and he's the only non-puppet. Gotcha. So sometimes, you know, during the big questions, they, the, the different experts that the Buck Denver is kind of interviewing will have conflicting messages. Like the pastor might say one thing, but you can kind of only partially understand the pastor. Like he, uh, is kind of shouty, mm -hmm. um, as a character. Mm -hmm. And then the Sunday school teacher will say something and then they'll be all like, well, wait, but this doesn't like, we're all confused even more now. Yeah. And uh, then Phil Vishner will often come on and say, yeah, some, some traditions teach this and some traditions will teach this. But I think nice. the important thing to remember here is God loves you or yeah. something like that. And so I think he does a pretty good job of um, walking that line because i i remember at the time that it came out because i was under the impression that like i th think that he's slightly more conservative theologically and politically than like i am and i was a bit afraid that he was going to say evolution is wrong mm -hmm. and he doesn't like mm -hmm. i think he very much says oh yes god continues to create even now mm -hmm. and if that comes in the form of evolution then who are we to say that god can't still be creating mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was like one of those like oh good that's not <laughs> where i thought you were going to say but okay. like i can show this to my kids my confirmation age kids and not worry about them like coming away from confirmation class with science is bad and then have them say that in school tomorrow like right oh good right 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 well, that's helpful. And like the things I've experienced of uh, Phil Vischer's in more recent years since, yeah, since the VeggieTales stuff, I've been really uh, impressed at the, like the level of nuance and depth and things. Uh, again, VeggieTales wasn't really a venue to um, allow for a lot of nuance or complexity because they were talking cartoon vegetables. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's, that's, that's good to see that there's, there's a little more depth and richness there in, in this series than talking vegetables allowed. <laughs> But yeah, I think that this is a great resource, especially if you're looking for something to educate older kids with who are very visual and perhaps have a short attention span because of how quickly they change from segment to segment. Mm -hmm. um, that if you have a visual learner who has a short ex um, attention span and you want them to learn more about what's in the Bible, I think mm -hmm. that this is a great resource. Or if you're a pastor and you're kind of cobbling together your own confirmation curriculum, and but you like being able to have video segments in your confirmation, um, this is also a great resource. You know, you, it's a one-time purchase DVD set thing, mm -hmm. um, but then you can use it to kind of enhance what you're already trying to teach. Nice, nice, nice. I appreciate your willingness to share this piece of uh, both of these pieces of, of uh, uh, material, both the, the the book and the way that could be helpful in context of grief and uh, the the more broader uh, ability to use the Buck Denver series. Thanks for bringing that to our attention, Sarah. Yep. Cool. So um, more conversations will unfold in our further episodes. So we hope you will join us next time here on Crazy Faith Talk. See y'all. Bye. Bye.